This episode of my podcast is sponsored by my Patreon page. Get access to unreleased bonus material, future episodes before the general public, and the chance to win the coveted swag bag with my favorite things at least once a year for just $2. Yes, just $2 a month. This podcast would not be possible without any support. So if you'd like to get access to the aforementioned for just $2 a month, join now at patreon.com forward slash when dev met dev. That's patreon.com forward slash when dev met dev. And now on to the episode. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of when dev met dev. This week, I um, really get into my hometown of London. I was born and raised there and I really, really get to talk about some of the things that I miss and really enjoy. And hopefully you enjoy hearing about these things. I really talk about some of the non-touristy stuff that, you know, is really good to do in London and explore and give some really cool tips. So I will um, get into that. And then also um, I do talk about the Toronto International Film Festival. I'm not going, but don't worry. I will one day go as press. And I really hope that you know, um, it's something that you enjoy listening to and hearing about. Um, got some really interesting movies getting their premiere there that I think you might enjoy once they come out, you know, to the general public. So please feel free to, of course, like, comment, subscribe, and wherever you listen to podcasts, engage with me via comments. And please, um, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. With that being said, Let's get into this episode of When Dev Met Dev. episode of when dev met dev i'm really grateful to you and i'm glad that you're able to tune in to this new episode um, i'm really trying to diversify what i talk about so that you know you enjoy at least hearing my voice when it does um appear on this podcast which is basically the entire podcast episode but um, of course i am trying to get other wonderful people to speak with and interview so hopefully that should be happening sooner rather than later and when it does you will definitely hear about it so do not fret um hopefully some great things can happen in that specific realm i really really am looking forward to um speaking with you guys today about the topic that i have which is on london i I grew up there, I was born and raised there, and I just, I really, really, you know, it's home, it's home, you know, when you've been born and raised somewhere that you really feel an attachment to, it's always going to be home for you, and that really is what London is for me, and though I don't live there anymore, it doesn't mean that I have a special fondness for it, you know, I still love the, I still love the city, 
and so much about it. So that's the long and short of it. I, I love London and I will always love London. And so I kind of wanted to dedicate this episode to all the secret or, you know, lesser known things that take place in that wonderful city that you may not know about. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode um, and, you know, get something out of it. That, that's what I really hope you get today, besides my glowing voice. <laughs> but what I want to do, of course, first of all, is talk about something a little less pertinent, maybe, depending on who you are. But we'll get into our smaller topic today. Okay, so TIFF is happening. You don't know what TIFF is. It's probably is like, you don't care, but it's the Toronto International Film Festival. And it's really, really cool. I've never been, of course, but some of your favorite films have debuted there probably over the last few years. It's become like the most important film festival because it happens in September, which is the start of film awards season, really. That's like when it really kicks off. And usually any most films that sort of start here get the momentum they need to be able to do very well throughout the rest of the year and hopefully into the new year but if you aren't interested in that sort of thing you know, usually we get really really great smaller independent films here and also some great we could get a great blockbuster here too we, we don't know i guess we'll see i wanted to just highlight a few different ones that i saw coming out um, on various platforms and in cinemas and just kind of talk about my views on them um, and what I think, you know, could happen if they happen to do well coming out of TIFF. First up, the the Daniel Radcliffe-led movie Weird, the Al Yankovic story. If you don't know who Al Yankovic is, go and Google him and learn about him and listen to his music. But he basically is probably the preeminent, like parody musician he'd take famous songs and make parody versions of them but like high quality parody versions so daniel radcliffe is going to be in a biography of his life and i believe the roku channel you know roku that sort of you know um i've forgotten the name but you know what i mean roku you can kind of get the stick and then plug it in you know watch a whole bunch of different shows and stuff and it gives you access to all that stuff because <laughs> you can tell i'm describing this so well but yeah roku are going to be distributing this through their own channel so that's going to be very interesting i will say and it's very interesting i will say that this looks really interesting it does look cool um we'll see we'll see what happens with this one um i definitely do want to watch this um and if you know who Quinta Brunton is, because I talked about her a couple episodes ago, she is actually going to be playing Oprah Winfrey in this movie. So look out for that. Also, the greatest beer run ever. Um, some people might be more interested in this than I am. It's being directed by Peter Farrelly, who did Green Book. I will be honest, I do not care for Green Book. I watched it. And I was like, ah, not a particularly great movie. Um, I just, I didn't like it very much. But I do appreciate the performances and I can understand why someone else might like this movie. I will also say that 
Peter Farrelly is not a terrible director. You know, he can position a camera somewhere and it may, the, the shots make sense. It all comes together. But I can't say that the film itself was particularly my cup of tea. Didn't care for it. I wasn't a big fan. And the main reason is just because the story of Green Book really does not focus on the the, the the titular book itself, The Green Book. If you don't know what The Green Book is, do some research. Go and learn about why The Green Book was so important. So important. But anyway, back to the point. He's now directing a new movie with Zac Efron called The Greatest Beer on Ever. Why? Why has everyone forsaken Zac Efron? Like, he's just trying to be taken seriously as an actor. I don't understand why everyone's just kind of been like, eh, Zac, okay. I'm like, he's not doing a bad job. He played Ted Bundy a couple years ago in a film. The film itself was just middling, but... I was like, Zac Efron really threw himself into the role. Like, it was really, really good performance. I don't know. I don't know. But I hope, I hope the greatest beer run ever at least gets Zac Efron some notice. Um, we've also got The Menu, which is being directed by Mark Mylard, which is, I believe, either, like, the main director or... Yeah, he is. He is the main director for the uh, episodes on Succession. So... I mean, satire, you know, comedy, that really blood, like dark, dark comedy is just kind of his thing. So no surprise that that's what he's doing. Um, this movie is about a group of people who are food critics that go to this remote island, I believe. And Ray Fiennes is the um, owner of this restaurant on the island. And they all basically follow his command and cook what he cooks. Um, what he tells them to cook, but there's just something weird going on. And the question is, what is going on and why is it happening? It's also got Anya Taylor-Joy. Looks really good. So hopefully you enjoy that when it comes out. There's The Whale. This apparently could be Brendan Fraser's like big, huge career-defining performance. I believe it might be. This is being directed by Darren Aronofsky. I'm going to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Darren Aronofsky. I find that he can always take really interesting subjects and just make them weird for no reason. Like, I just, I don't know. That's just me. It's just my opinion. He just can't seem to be straightforward and weird at the same time. He just has to take several left turns. And I always feel he takes one too many. Um, and it, it doesn't work for me at the end. And he's hit or miss. He is hit or miss. A lot of people say that he's just fantastic, but I'm like, nah, not all the time. He did the Noah film, I believe, and that was not very good. He did Mother. Uh, a bit heavy-handed. Um, so I just, we'll see. We'll see with The Whale. I mean, it could be a very good movie. It's supposed to be commentary on quite a few different things, including the way we, um, you know, shame others in terms of their um, weight and also you know health um, and then also about familial relationships so this could be an interesting one I hope Brennan Fraser though like Zac Efron I hope Brennan Fraser gets a lot of respect out of the role that he plays and people are like yeah great there's the woman king this is supposed to come out like 
in the next few weeks in cinemas. So the fact that it's getting a TIFF release not too long before its cinematic release is interesting. But this stars Viola Davis and is directed by Gina Price Bythewood. This is supposed to be about, I believe, a group of women who ended up protecting an African land many years ago um, from very, very horrible, horrible um, things that happened, including um, the slave trade. So this is going to be particularly interesting. My only gripe is it's got Wakanda energy. And I know this is the historical movie. This movie is not just taking the aesthetics and adding it to a Marvel movie and then trying to tell an interesting story. At worst, if, if that's what you think, you know, Wakanda's doing. I think that it's just a beautiful representation of, you know, a, a truly unique um, culture. Um, and I'm just like, we've got Wakanda coming out, and Black Panther coming out in like two months so yeah, that's 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 the only thing. But I do think this movie could be good. Viola Davis, I'm sure, will nail her role. So that that I look forward to. It's it's going to be captivating that way. The one that is, ugh, the one that is the most interesting, in my opinion, is Tyler Perry's A Jasmine's Blues, because this film. <laughs> So this film is the first script he ever wrote. First script he ever wrote. And yet, it's taken him super long to make this movie. It really, really has. And I'm shocked that this movie has not been made yet. But it took him over the quarter of a century. Um, he's worked in films. And let's just say that his movies are divisive. I, I can be honest about that. I don't think that his movies, to me, are amazing. Most of them I don't care for. There are a couple I will say I can at least appreciate them for what they were aiming to do. Still don't think they're great, but you know what I mean? I can laugh, I can enjoy them for what they are. But this one is different. First of all, it looks like there's a real budget attached because it's a period piece. Now, apparently this is a period piece set between two periods of time. 1940s and 50s, and then the 1980s. And it's about um, someone trying to uncover the murder of a guy who basically, you know, left a bunch of letters. And these letters reveal a love story between him and basically sort of the love of his life. And... I I watched the trailer and the trailer looks so good. It actually does. Like, it actually looks good. I know people are going to say it's a bit sappy. But I'm like, listen. Bland love stories have done far better over and over and over again at come Oscar season, come award season, than we ever expected. So never count them out. And if they're period pieces... They have an even better shot. So the only thing now is, did Tyler Perry write and direct a good film? That's the only thing. He hasn't done so beforehand. 
So let's just see if he can actually write and direct a good film now. Let's see if this is the time where he finally commits to making a movie that's actually really good. Because I have a strong feeling that if it is very good, it's going to shock a lot of people. But let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know if this is going to be regarded as Tyler Perry's best or just another in a long list of Tyler Perry's less than stellar good movies. So keep an eye out for some of those films. Um, Hopefully I can speak with someone else on this on my podcast. We'll see. And if that's the case, then at least we can start to kind of get a clearer picture as to what could and couldn't what might break through um come award season and hopefully you enjoy that episode so yeah i'll keep you posted i'll probably follow up in a few months on those movies specifically and see exactly where they stand um and yeah that's that on that so let's go ahead and move on to my main topic which is all about london London, England. What comes to your mind when you first hear that particular city? I mean, for many, it's the accent. For others, it's the food and the variety that you get. For others, it's still just how unique and interesting a place London is. For me, it is home. It is still the place where I feel most at home. And, you know, though I live in another part of the world and I have made a home there i london is still the place where i feel most at home and so this is a particularly personal episode for me in that sense but i'm going to try and take emotion out of it and just give you all the very best things to do in london and experience in london that aren't touristy because let's be honest I think the idea of the tourist in 2022 has become someone who just spends a lot of money on things and doesn't really appreciate, you know, London for what it is. And I think it would be really nice to, you know, sort of come across parts of London, especially for someone who's visiting London, that aren't too touristy only because this allows you to kind of get a picture as to what london really is like and i think that's what honestly i'd love to do in this episode so i'm going to go ahead and highlight some great things about london in three specific sections i'm going to talk specifically about some food um, places to go and eat for sure and then attractions um some might be more touristy than others but i'm gonna explain why i've put them here and then daily life just things that you should do that are going to set your wonderful experience in london apart from anyone who just does the very touristy things and doesn't really try to experience london the way that they should so of course i'm not going to be getting too much into you know sort of places to visit that are very famous i'm not going to be talking too much about anything else regarding specific um, areas of London that are touristy or not. I'm just going to kind of focus on some things that I think get missed off the books all the time when it comes to, you know, guides to visiting London. So let's start off with food. 
And of course, my first, my very first suggestion is Nando's. And I know someone's going to hear that and think, oh God, Nando's. But it is, it, it is for the most part a uniquely, a uniquely British thing. I know they have, they do have a few different locations outside of England. But if you go to England and you've never been to a Nando's, um, it's it's an amazing experience. Now, if you don't know what Nando's is, it is a Portuguese um, fast casual restaurant, I would say. Yeah, I would say fast casual. But yeah, long story short, the idea is they do piri piri chicken, which is supposed to be chicken season with the sauce that's made with bird's eye chilies that come from South Africa, I believe. And basically you go in and it's the chicken's all grilled. You pick what you want in terms of the size and then your sides for a certain set price. And you get it brought to your table. Um, and you can get the chicken in a variety of flavors and heat levels. So you go from mild medium hot and then extra hot and then extra extra hot i i believe um correct me if i'm wrong in the comments of course because i haven't been in a while but doesn't mean that i've forgotten how amazing nando's is and it's fantastic um i love going to nando's every time i've been back to the uk i just find it amazing and over here i can now get the sauces which are great um I mean, of course, it's it's only just a small, specific section of flavor that I'm getting in comparison to, you know, being in a Nando's and actually listening to and the sounds. And of course, as you can see, I'm just getting completely befuddled because I'm just imagining all the amazing memories I've had being in a Nando's and eating there. But Nando's is fantastic. And there are so many locations across London. So if you are in London, if you're going to visit London, if you live there, you've never been, go. Great on the pocket too. They are not super expensive. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, there's one great thing about Nando's is they're not super expensive. So I would recommend going there. And the music's always great inside. So you can't go wrong with the Nando's. Really, really good. Now, I know what you're going to ask. Well, what do you get when you go? I get the half chicken meal with two sides and a drink. I get my chicken hot. And then I add the extra, extra hot sauce on top. Because you get to, they give you all the condiments. Um, like in a specific area, you can go pick them up. Like your ketchup your HP sauce, I think they have that still, but don't quote me on it. Then you can also pick up all the sauces, like th with different heat levels. You also have to pick up your forks, knives, spoons, and napkins. So it's all there for you. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great idea and I wish it would come to Orlando. If we got Nando's in Orlando, this is my official campaign. I'm starting an official campaign <laughs> for Nando's in Orlando. If we got Nando's in Orlando, I would be eating there every day. I would, they would stay with single-handedly sustain business because of me, because I would make sure I'd be there. I'd bring everyone there. I'd tell everyone to go there. Like, just eat there. It's fantastic. It is amazing. I love it. And plus, if you're smart about, like, what sides you have, like, you have salad, like, it's super healthy. 
super healthy because it's grilled chicken. So Nando's, keep doing what you're doing. I love Nando's. I love Nando's so much. If you are looking for a great curry in London, there are two specific parts of London you can go to. But I'm going to speak about the part of London that does great curries or is known for having great curries, but isn't isn't spoken about as much. And that is Tooting. It is a town in southwest London that I absolutely love and adore. And the main reason that I love and adore Tooting in southwest London is for the simple fact that it's just a great, it's just a great part of London. There are so many amazing um, South Asian restaurants there and it's dominated by that. And that's because um, 40, 50, 60 years ago, of course, we had a lot of South Asian people move in. So people from India, Sri Lanka, and people from the Middle East as well. Um, so great, great food, amazing food, and it's all authentic. My favorite place, Spice Village. I remember this place when I was growing up as a kid back in the mid to late 2000s and early 2010s and it's been around since then i love it i've got friends there that absolutely love it it's fantastic and i just think it's amazing so please go to spice village in tooting for some great indian food i absolutely love it i think it's fantastic and if you want to try if Indian food of different variety and you want to also try Pakistani food, Sri Lankan food, um, Afghanistani food, like just you're going to find you're going to find so much great Middle Eastern and South Asian food there. It's fantastic. I think it is amazing and just one of the many reasons why we have such an eclectic you know, an eclectic taste really in London. I mean, our favorite food and our our, our, our our most popular dish for takeaway is a curry in London, an Indian curry. So you have to experience it while you're in London. You have to, you have to. It is fantastic. And I just recommend Tooting in general as a great area to go do because there is a large concentration. Plus our mayor, Sadiq Khan is from there. So if you go there, not saying you're going to see him, but at least you will be able to see some of the, you know, see where he grew up, see the area which he grew up in. Um, and though it has changed significantly from when I was there, and also, of course, from when he was there, um, I do think it is such a great part of town. I do really, really love Tooting. It's fantastic. And it's so vibrant and filled with life. Um, so, yeah, please, please visit Spice Village for some authentic curry. Speaking of tooting, if you are in the area and you feel for dessert, I would recommend going to afters. How would I describe afters? For me, it's basically the... It's if you took... Like... I don't know. Like... It's, it's not easy to describe because there is nothing like it in the US and I would think that there would be. But they essentially have like every type of dessert you could think of on lock, like there at the restaurant. It's super cool inside, but their menu is like easily over 100 items. And I mean, like it ranges from everything. Ice cream to waffles to sundaes to dessert bowls to pancakes, like just everything. Everything you could think of, you could have a dessert they've probably got it and it's fantastic so i'm just gonna be honest like 
go to afters afterwards. <laughs> like spice village for dinner and then afters. And I actually did that. I did that with some friends once that I took to England and they thoroughly loved it. So definitely do that. Afters is amazing. It's fantastic. And I think it's just an, a hidden gem for great, great, great dessert. So I said it three times because it's that good. Amazing desserts in London. Plus, not as expensive as some of your other places that you might see in central London. So keep that in mind. Please keep that in mind. We need to talk about the Tesco Sainsbury's meal deal. Um, Tesco's Sainsbury's, these are two supermarket chains in England. I know there's Morrison's as well. Of course, Marks and Spencer does a slightly more expensive version of this. And of course, you've got Asda. But meal deals are essentially an easy and quick way to get lunch without spending a whole lot of money. So, great example um, is really you'll pick a sandwich, then a packet of potato chips if you're American, or crisps if you're English, because we call them crisps in England, and then a drink. And usually it will cost somewhere between three to five pounds. And that can be lunch. So you're not having to spend, you know, two or three times as much on something similar at a pub or, you know, having to spend more money. You can just fill yourself up for lunch without spending a lot. And I just think that's so amazing. I absolutely love that. It's so amazing. Also, I will say, because if I don't say it, I know I'll have family members who will probably listen to this one day and be like, why didn't you include this? Chicken and chip shops are fantastic places for cheap eats. They are greasy and unhealthy and fantastic at the same time. And they're basically sort of these sort of rip-off, you know, budget versions of KFC. But that's why they're so good. Though I will say the KFC in England is very good. I prefer it to the KFC in the USA. Spicy take. But yes, I do prefer it. I think it's much better. But yeah, go to them like go to them they are great you know one time they were just kind of viewed as these very horrid places like we don't go there not you know if you had a bit of money but now i remember i was there a few years back and there were businessmen coming in like with suits and everything and i'm like now you want it now you want to get the three pounds meal deal you know piece of chicken and fries and two wings with a drink now you want to get it okay Okay, but I mean, seriously, it's fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. So please do those meal deals. They are much, much better than spending inordinate amounts of money on food that you don't need to spend. And plus, they're not so touristy. So you don't have to deal with long lines and bustling places. It's just great to kind of walk into a place and be like, okay, I can spend four pounds and that's it. And, you know, I've spent five pounds and that's it. Or three pounds and that's it. So... There's that on food. I will talk about food a little bit more later on. You'll see. Anyway, attractions. Let's talk about attractions. Um, some of these are like things you're going to know, but I just want to take it from a slightly different angle. So the first one, Houses of Parliament. You know, most people want to see this along with the London Eye. Do I recommend getting on the London Eye? No. I'm going to talk about a place you should go to instead for some great views of London. But if you want to get the House of Parliament, What I would recommend is taking a regular bus. Do not do the very, very, very touristy thing of getting on that big tour bus. You're spending enormous amounts of money 
just to go past the the London Eye or the Houses of Parliament. What I recommend is just getting a regular bus. And if you are unsure as to what buses go to the Houses of Parliament, then listen carefully. Buses 148, 24, 788, 87 and 88 go there. So that's the 148, the 24, the 788, the 87 and the 88. All those bus routes stop outside or nearby the Houses of Parliament. And I'm telling you, it's just, it's going to cost you, what, £2, £2.15 for your bus ticket. Which, by the way, bus tickets, we do not use physical tickets anymore because buses are cashless. We use a card called the Oyster Card. Do not get it online, the Visitor Oyster Card. I know you get some perks with it, but don't get it online. You have to spend more and it costs more because you've got to get it shipped to you. I would recommend instead, as soon as you land in Gatwick, going to get your Oyster Card when you've landed. It's much easier. Um, it, it just makes far more sense. And then on top of that, you don't have to spend as much money, you know, topping it up and whatnot. You can just, you know, spend enough that you need versus spending a lot amount of money and then you can't get everywhere you need to. Um, or you, you know what I mean? Well, you can get to everywhere you need to rather, but you've got money on it and you can't get that back. So... That's why I recommend doing that. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Hoist the card. If you type in TFL um, and look for Transport for London, you get to learn more about the Oyster card. They'll try and sell you on the visitor one. You don't need it. Trust me, you do not. What about other places to visit? Other amazing attractions? Well, one that I think a lot of people need to learn more about is Pop Brixton. Now, preface this. Brixton... This is a very, very international part of London. It is in Southwest London, of course, but it's definitely a part of London I liked. I went there a lot growing up as a kid. They've got a famous market there on Electric Avenue. And yes, as in Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue, but Brixton Market is fantastic. But that's not what I want to talk about. Um, I will say, though, just so that you know, the significance of... The significance of Brixton Market is the fact that it did have a huge influx in the 60s of a lot of African and Caribbean and Asian immigrants. Um, And so if you walk through Brixton Market today, you'll see there's just a lot of uh, foods that, you know, are popular in those parts of the world. So definitely check out Brixton Market. But we're talking about Pop Brixton which is this amazing part of Brixton. It's this um, sort of contemporary setting made with shipping containers. And it's shipping containers through and through. There are some great, you know, vendors in there. I believe there's a radio station that records in there, barbershop. They've got a wine store and stuff. But they've also got a bunch of restaurants, and it's really nice to walk around. So definitely visit Pop Brixton. I think it's fantastic. And when I went there, I was just like, this is what Brexit needs. Like, just, it's fantastic. It's great. It's amazing. Um, And just another part of town that you can discover. Really, really cool. Great Caribbean food there. So, yeah, definitely, you know, take a good look at Brixton. It's fantastic. Now, I'm going to talk about another part of town that's very touristy. But I do want to talk about it from a different angle. So, Harrods. Have you heard of Harrods? If you haven't. 
It's in an area of London called Knightsbridge, which is sort of the Fifth Avenue of London, I would say. Just a lot of really nice high-end stores. Uh, and there's literally just a whole street in Knightsbridge that just hosts all the high-end brands. Like, I know mostly in America, you get them in like one specific mall. That's where all the high-end brands are. Well, in the UK, London specifically, they all line one street in Knightsbridge. And not far from that is Harrods. Harrods is amazing. <laughs> Harrods is fantastic. It is very great. And I actually have a friend of mine that works in Harrods. Hopefully, I can get him on at some point. So you can, you know, learn more about Harrods and learn about what he does. And, you know, he works in the menswear department for a very, very nice brand. I'm not going to say which, but what I will say is, you know, when he, if he ever gets to come on, then we'll definitely have a great time speaking to him because then we can learn about fashion trends and great, you know, um, suggestions for menswear, etc., etc., etc. But Harrods is amazing. And I would say this, if you don't want to spend a lot of money there, I get it. It's super expensive. But do not miss the opportunity to walk through Harrods and take pictures. It is fantastic. It is one of a kind in terms of department stores. I don't think there is any department store like it I've ever been to in the US at least or anywhere else. It is just fantastic. So do not miss out on Harrods. It is amazing. I went with friends and we went to the food hall and that was just, it was mind-blowing. Mind-blowing to them just how amazing and beautiful it is. It's probably the prettiest supermarket they've ever been to. It had its own custom tea tailor where you were combining a selection of different tea leaves it they had literally have like a coffee press in there and like a coffee grinder like the largest coffee grinder you've ever seen um like freshly grinding coffee that you can use you know and take with you like buy literally there and take with you it's fantastic and i think Harrods for me is a perfect example of a place that you don't have to spend money in but you can just be amazed at how great it is and then of course if you want great views of London you don't go on the London Eye you go to Sky Garden because it's free and Sky Garden is particularly interesting because it's this nice building um, that's in the city of London now a lot of people get this mixed up when we say the city of London or the city it is a specific area in the centre of London that is separate from London itself instead of its governing. So it's governed by a separate mayor. They have their own separate police force, but they are part of London. It would take a lot to go into why that's the case. So I'll just leave it at that. But what I will say is I used to work in the city of London. I have to talk about that at some point. I used to work for a hotel in the city of London. But it's 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 nice. It really, really is. Sky Garden is absolutely fantastic. Um, and like I said, that area has been really, really cool um, in very recent years. At one point, it was a bit more meh um, because everyone worked there and then just left because it is the financial hub of London. So everyone kind of worked there during the day and then they left. So it would be really dead during the evening, especially like Saturday night. You're like, it's quiet here. In recent years, that's been on a huge change because a lot of com a lot of places have come in, um, a lot more restaurants and bars and stuff. Um, so definitely 
check out Sky Garden. It's free. You just got to book online, I believe, and then you're all good regarding that. Okay, daily life. This is the last section. I'm going to talk about things that you should do that aren't just doing the touristy thing. So, go to a market. <sighs> People miss out on this, and I think it's such a British way of life. Well, I say it's like a British way of life. It was a part of my life a lot. But yeah, go to a market. And I don't mean borough market. The borough market is fantastic. I mean like a working man's market that you will see, you know, regular people at, you know. Just do it. You've got East End Market. You've got Battersea High Street Market. You have got Petticoat Lane, which has become more touristy, but it's still nice. It's still nice. It's open on Sundays. It's still nice. And it's in the city of London. So you can do that maybe and then do Sky Garden if you like. Um, do Walthamstow Market. Walthamstow Market is particularly good because it's like very, very long. So it will take you like a good hour plus to walk it all the way through. But it is great. Um, yeah. Walthamstow Market definitely pay attention to Walthamstow Market. That's that's another big market. But like I said, go to a market. I don't mean a farmer's market, because I know over here in the US, when people think of markets, they think of like a farmer's market, you know, with specialty. Or, you know, these are like markets where you're not spending a lot of money, but you're getting bang for your buck. It's great. It's fantastic. You've got to do it. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's so, so good. And learn to haggle too. So do that. If you're getting breakfast, I know people are going to recommend some great posh places. And yes, of course, you should make sure you do an, an English fry-up. There is no excuse. Do an English fry-up. Wherever you like, do an English fry-up. But make sure you take a day and go to Greg's for breakfast. Greg's is this chain of bakeries. And it is the most amazing place in the world for a bit like for like just for cheap eats it's so good it's so good make sure you have a greg sausage roll they also have a vegan version now so vegans you have no excuse go to greg's go there and get coffee go there and get sausage roll or tea or whatever of course tea is the, the 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 option i would recommend because that is more traditional to britain but go there and get yourself a sausage roll go there and get yourself a sandwich go there and get yourself another pastry or a Cornish pasty. Go and get desserts there. They do great desserts. My mum used to work in Greg's many years ago and she actually appeared on television because she worked at Greg's at some point. So I'll, I'll have to talk about that story at some point. <laughs> like I've got these stories earmarked, but yeah, Greg's is fantastic. Greg's is amazing. I love Greg's. Go to Greg's. Great place. Um, and like I said, you're not going to see a lot of, you know, tourists going to Greg's. So if you want to avoid tourists and you want to eat somewhere cheap for breakfast, go to Greg's. Great place to go. Fantastic. If you're staying in London, don't stay in central London. It's so easy to do that, but like, don't, don't, don't stay somewhere else. You know, one time, a lot of hotels, you know, when you looked that's where they were. They were in central London. They were near central London. Because, like, if you didn't stay there, you're like, you're going to be staying somewhere where it's, it's not 
feasible. And then, or you might stay like way out of London and then travel in. And that's just a hassle in itself. Even though London has great transport links, it's a hassle. Now, there are so many hotels and hotel chains opening. And there's so many, you know, Airbnbs that you can book now that are not in the center of London. And they're great. I always recommend Battersea. I think it's a great town. It's got a lot of the things I've talked about. So stay in Battersea, you know, stay in a Airbnb or stay in a hotel in Battersea and enjoy being in a town that has great links to Chelsea and Kensington and isn't too far away from everything and has its own tube station, has a train station. That's amazing. Clapham Junction is a fantastic station and one of the busiest in Europe, but it's still very much, you know, a town where you can get Nando's and Greg's and there's corner shops and you can get chicken and chips. So, like I said, definitely stay away from central London. Stay in a town in London that's not in central London. Avoid Westminster and all that, I'm telling you. You don't need to do that. Finally, and I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible, don't get fish and chips at a pub. I don't understand how many times people have told me when they're visiting London, I can't wait to go to a traditional pub to get fish and chips. And I tell them, don't do it. Don't do it. Nine times out of ten, unfortunately, pubs are going to be using like frozen fish. Unless it's a gastro pub, they might do better. But most times it's just frozen fish, frozen chips, and then... It's not great. Go to an actual chippy, a local chippy. If you are in Battersea, I recommend going to Maria's. It is fantastic and amazing, and you will thank me later. So just do it. Just do it. Go to Maria's. Just the reason is they prepare everything fresh. The fish is fresh. The chips are fresh. They're cutting the potatoes themselves. They are taking fresh fish. They are seasoning it with salt and black pepper. They are then dousing it in that sweet, amazing batter and frying it. It is fantastic. Just there's no other way to say it. It is just, it's perfect. Fish and chips are amazing. Yes, you will have ketchup on the side. Yes, you will have tartar sauce on the side. Yes, you will also have vinegar over your fish and chips and salt because that's the way you have to eat it. There is no other way. You don't like it? I guess something's wrong with your taste buds. <laughs> but don't don't go to a fish and chip shop thinking that the fish and chips won't be great. I know some people have done that before. Speaking with them, like, oh, it might not be that good. No, it's going to be fantastic. Pubs are not the place for it. Pubs are great for pub grub. So if you're looking for like a plowman sandwich, you know, if you're looking for traditional British food, like bangers and mash or toad in the hole, Go and get it there. If you don't know what these are, Google them. They are fantastic foods. But not fish and chips. Not fish and chips. But I will say, go to a traditional pub for a pint. You don't need to go to a gastro pub. You don't need to go to a high-end place for a pint. Go to a traditional pub for a pint. You know, somewhere in a town that's not particularly, that doesn't look particularly high-end. I'm telling you, you're going to pay far less and it's going to be amazing. So do that, please. And I hope you enjoy your time in London. 
I really, really do. I think the thing is, London is such a huge place and there's so much to do. And you'll never get round to all of the things you want to do. But I think if you can plan a good mixture, especially if it's your first time, going between places in London that are very touristy and then parts of London that are not very touristy, that you can kind of get a really good understanding of London as a city compared to someone who does either or. So definitely, definitely hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Of course, go and follow me on all the socials everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. When, when Dev met Dev. And please, 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 please follow this podcast wherever you listen to it. Please comment. Please send me lovely five-star um, ratings and messages. Say how much you love my podcast. You know, just I, I really do appreciate every person that listens. And of course, once again, I am so grateful. So that's really it for me. That's really, really it for me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. 